Business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livas. This week on The Woman Behind the Business, we're dedicating the entire hour to creatives. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livas, and today's guests represent beauty. These women are beautiful individuals. What makes them phenomenal, though, is their desire to make people like you and me look and feel beautiful. Last year, there was an article in Forbes titled, Why the $445 billion beauty industry is a goldmine for self-made women. So, not only is beauty something that we look for, we seek, and it makes us feel good, but it can make your bank account happy too. Our first guest, Shantae Fisher, decided that lifting spirits one face at a time was her life's calling at an early age. In 2006, she took a leap of faith and started her venture, Simone Colors, which has led her to becoming one of the most sought-after celebrity makeup artists in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. She's been the woman behind many faces, including former Vice President Al Gore, Ty Tribbett, Dorinda Clark Cole, Toni Morrison, Jasmine Guy, Bill Bellamy, and a host of others. I'm very excited to learn about the journey of someone who utilizes their gifts and artistic skills to grace the faces of those we see every day in magazines, on television, and on runways. Thank you so much for being here, Shantae. Thank you for having me. So, Shantae, we used to work together back in the day. Yes. Um, you used to come in and you would do makeup for the different celebrities that would come in studio. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you moved into the celebrity sphere of doing makeup. Wow. Um, honestly, when I got into this industry, I didn't know which direction I was going to end up in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think originally my focus or my thought process was I wanted to touch the lives of women who were insecure about the way they looked and build their confidence. Um, So I don't think initially going into this business, my intentions was I'm gonna work with celebrities. It just so happened that I ended along that path. Um, So my first experience with a celebrity, uh, I got a call to work at the Warner Theater for a play called Roll On, starring Melba Moore. She was a big time Broadway star back in the early 70s and the Winans and didn't have a whole lot of experience Mm -hmm. um, with working with that clientele at that level, was very nervous, but stepped out on faith and was like, hey, I had this opportunity before me. I'm going to do this and let's see what becomes of it. I did the shoot. It was a three-day play. um, And they really were excited about my work and said, we'll be in contact with you. And so at that point, my prayer was, Lord, whatever path you desire me to take at this point in my career, I'll follow through Mm -hmm. if you guide me. Um, So that was the opening and entrance for me to begin to work with celebrities. And the more and more I stayed in contact with uh, the executive producer at the time, um, the more opportunities were afforded me. So So when I say I am beautiful in every way, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I am beautiful on the inside and outside. There is nothing that's not beautiful about me, Um, that we're all uniquely made and there's something beautiful to be found in each of us, but it's our duty to figure out what that beauty is. 
for ourselves. So why did that, why did you coin that as your motto to live by? Um, because I feel like women, as women, we have so much on our plates already. Um, there's so many challenges and we're always fighting for position, for title. And I think a lot of women allow themselves to fall to the wayside, Mm -hmm. um, to be there for others. And I don't think that women should ever do that. So I want women to have that confidence that's so deserving of them. I mean, we bring life into this world, you know, and I think that's, that's a miracle within itself. Um, but I feel like so many, many women lack the confidence that they need to be these awesome individuals that they've been created to be. We have so much power. And so, if, and I feel like if women are able to identify that power that they possess, mm-hmm. that they'll all walk around boldly and proudly and, and be a statement piece, you know, for and attract other people to right. them. Like, I want what she has. Right, right. Yeah. That inner beauty, that, that inner, inner glow. Beauty. Yeah. So what puts you on the path to um, work in makeup and help people feel beautiful? Um, looking at the youth, how they dress, um, how they carry themselves, um, how they wear their makeup. I think it starts at an early age with young girls and inspiring them and encouraging them and then putting them on that right path. Um, so I, I, I think my vision originally was I want to lift the spirits and touch the lives of women who lack confidence in themselves. Mm-hmm. and learn to identify what is beautiful about them, whether it's their eyes, whether it's their lips, you know, whether it's their figure, something about themselves that they're able to identify to say, this is beautiful about me. Um, And so I started conducting workshops with young girls in high school. And the first question that I would pose is, what do you think is beautiful about you? And it could be anything. Mm -hmm. I feel too often women hide behind makeup. Mm -hmm. Versus finding out what true what their true beauty is and what they possess to be beautiful for them. So um, I've always had a desire to encourage and uplift of the women. And most people, when they see me, that's the first thing that they're drawn to is my beauty. Mm-hmm. So why not utilize what I naturally possess <laughs> to encourage other, other women to feel just as great and good about themselves? Right. And when people get to know, they realize that it's not just an outside thing, but it starts from the inner. Right. So beauty is from the inside out. Right. And so when you're able to find that beauty on the inside, then it exudes on the outside naturally. Now, who was Shantae before Simone Colors? Wow. Shantae was a mother, a wife, uh, trying to figure out my place in this world. Mm -hmm. I went to Virginia State University and studied mass communication television production. I worked for several TV companies uh, from country music television, from being an intern at Fox, the local network, to working for TV One. Mm -hmm. And early on in my career, I was bouncing around so much. And I said, something has to give. Like, I haven't quite found my niche. Mm Um, So I was on the production side, um, creating films, creating uh, news and content. content. So that's what I was doing for about six years. And again, I got an opportunity, an unexpected opportunity that I found so much joy in, and that was doing makeup. And when I saw the joy that I that make doing makeup brought me, 
when I really never knew that I had the talent to begin with. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there must be more to this. So let me do some investigation with this. Let me do some research. Let me see what schools are here. Um, because I had been told already, you already have the talent. So it was a natural talent already for me. I just needed to perfect that talent so mm-hmm. that I could make it into a career in the business. So let's talk a little bit about um, makeup, <laughs> since that's what you know and do. Yay. So talk to me a little bit about um, some new things that we can expect to see come spring um, and summer as it relates to makeup, maybe lip color. Okay, so this season, it's going to be a lot of glitter and shimmer. So that's what's trending for the spring of okay. 2018. Um, lip colors are more nude. You're going to see a lot of gold, um, a lot of fun summery colors, a lot of peach, very, very, very soft colors. Um, so that's what we have to look forward to come spring. A little more bronziness. Are they still the matte look? Are, are, are we keeping with this no shine? or You're going to have some of both. You're going to have some gloss, and you're also going to have some of the matte. But in the matte realm, it'll be more of the nudes. Okay. Yeah. And what do you prefer? Like in television, what should people, when they want to go out and present themselves, um, what's a good look that they should go for? Wow, everybody is different and okay. everyone requires something different. Um, I guess whichever feature stands out the most, you want to emphasize on that. Uh, quite often, please don't pay attention, not knocking reality TV, but they're they're going more on that um, overly made up. And so I, I think... It needs to be more natural where I can see who you are (laughs) through the makeup. (laughs) The makeup isn't turning you into a whole nother person. A whole nother person. Yes. So, yeah, keep it, keep it, keep it soft, but keep it clean. So I'm all for clean beauty and not drastic beauty, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yes, I understand. Now, what are some simple things like Angel does not like a whole lot of makeup and I don't like taking the time to do it. So what are some simple things that are just like easy enhancements for women to take the time to add into their day? A great lip color. If you don't do anything, if you just take a powder, a pressed powder of some sort, you know, it could be a translucent powder just to alleviate shine, a little bronzer on the cheeks and a bold lip. Okay, well, I did the first two. (laughs) So two out of three, that's not too bad. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're not intending to wear makeup at all, that's for people who want to have a little pop, but very minimal pop. Mm -hmm. Lip colors, I mean, you see this bow red that I'm wearing. Yes, it's fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) So it could be the simplest thing that could draw so much attention to you, and it could be very subtle, very clean, and still pretty. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a makeup person, I wouldn't recommend you doing a nude lip. Although I love my nudes. I haven't read today, but I love my nudes. Mm. Um, but I would say just give me a pop on your lips. Okay. A little pop on your lips. I will take that into consideration <laughs> tomorrow when I'm getting ready to go out. Um, all right. So let's transition the conversation a little bit into um, some of the different things that you've had to deal with as a business owner. I know a lot of times when we think of makeup artists and people in the creative space, I don't think that people often respect it Mm -hmm. as much as other industries. So how do you deal with that? Wow. It depends on the level of where you are in your career. I think most people are amazed at the type of money you can make as a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. Um, 
makeup artists aren't just people who are uh, behind makeup counters or doing weddings or photo shoots. You have the film world, you have commercials, you have the news that will always be around. And it's about planning the seat where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be very proactive if you want to be successful in this business. So do you have any like examples of possibly when somebody may have kind of came at you wrong in the sense of like, oh, you just a makeup artist or let me go get like where mm-hmm. it's a lack of respect. Got it, got it, got it. You're going to encounter that. Um, I can't say anyone has directly said that, Mm -hmm. but their actions, their or towards you will present that from time to time. I don't have a lot of situations where I encounter that. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's because, Shante, you come in, (laughs) you close the door, you be like, okay, you my person, I'm about to do you, open the door, you're done, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's really about making a person comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, attitude is everything. Making someone warm up to you. I mean, it's it's a very intimate setting when you're doing makeup. It's like this person is this close to your face, inches away. And you have to make them comfortable to the point where they, I guess they don't look down on you. I can't, I, I really can't say that I've experienced anyone making me feel less than. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, they could have thought it, but they've never shared it with me. Now, here's a question that I've always wondered. Okay. How do the men react when you have to, like, sometimes make them up, do little mm-hmm. things to enhance them? Yes. Men are very skeptical about having makeup put on their face. And it's almost as if you're convincing them. Mm-hmm. This is the reason we're doing it. You know, you want to look your best on camera. I think the best example I give is that you don't want to look like I just poured baby oil all over your face, do you? <laughs> Because that's what it's going to look like. Right. Um, And so I kind of have to ease them into the process Mm -hmm. and kind of walk them through what it is that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very minimum. I'm just going to take out these imperfections in your skin, the powder, and then you're out of here. Wait, you say imperfections and they don't get like... No. Meaning, and because you have to realize when I'm working with my clients, there's always a mirror in front of them Mm -hmm. so they can see everything that I'm doing. And I feel like that puts them at ease a lot of time because there's... I can see, like, I don't have to build that trust. You do right. to a certain right. extent, but it's just like, okay, if, if she's telling me. Like, you what see what doing, I you see. see right. <laughs> you see that dark mark right there? So I'm going to take this out, this out. So you point it out to them right. to get, make them comfortable. comfortable right. Yeah, to make them comfortable. And you'll be surprised that some men, once you're done, it's like, oh, I didn't know my skin could look this great. Exactly. But I don't want you to start wearing makeup right. every day. Right. <laughs> I remember one day uh, JB was leaving out of the studio and he was like, yo, where are the wipes so I can get this stuff <laughs> off my face? <laughs> yeah. I feel like they they feel like it demasculate them to an extent, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, no, 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 this is just for TV so that you can look your best self on air. That's it. Now, I know you were saying that you work with a lot of young girls. Um, How often do you have to have the conversation of in television and all of these other platforms, especially social media, the reality of what you see versus what's really going on behind the scenes, there's, you know, there's a whole lot of gray. Mm -hmm. How often do you have to have that conversation? And what is that conversation typically? Well, I think when young girls see that I work with a lot of celebrities, they're already intrigued by that and drawn to me and want to know more. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I allow them to ask a lot of questions. um, And I share with them, these are everyday people. Okay, so for instance, 
I feel like a lot of young girls, they'll see these women on, you know, social media, especially mm-hmm. Instagram, mm-hmm. right? And they'll get this perception of, ooh, I got to look like this. And, you know, those really fast videos where they're showing you mm-hmm. how they do their makeup. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, one, I don't even have time to watch right. this video 50 million times to figure out what she just did, right. nor do I have the time or desire to look like that. Right. Like, I'm good with who I am. But I think a lot of times people, they lack that confidence that we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier. So... They're trying to be something that they think they're supposed Supposed to be, be. but it's really not a requirement. So how do you have that conversation, especially as it relates to makeup? Well, the thing is, again, makeup shouldn't make you. Mm -hmm. You know, you should already have that confidence. And it's kind of hard with social media um, because most of the women that they see aren't even happy in their own skin. Right. And they're covering up behind the makeup. So that's why, for me... In doing makeup, it's just about bringing out those natural features and enhancing those features versus transforming you into this other individual. I think the self-talks are what's important for young teens because there's no way you can take social media away from from the videos to what they see in the movie or movies, you know, um, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, It's just really about mentoring them and making sure that they they build up the confidence that they need to look beyond what their appearance is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it is a challenge and it can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. I think once I start working with them and, and they start creating their own look and they figure out what they want to accentuate on their face, I think that that opens the door and the window to start that mm-hmm. process of, oh, I, I, I look just as pretty as she does. But I think that's going to be a constant battle. But it's, mm-hmm. it's about constantly encouraging young women and, and sharing with them what's beautiful about them. And then asking them, what do you feel is beautiful about you? What don't you like about yourself? Mm-hmm. And being honest about right. what it is right. and how you can enhance that or what you can do differently to make you feel better about that feature or whatever that is you don't like about that yourself. insecurity. Yeah. And I think everybody has them. It's yes. just how do you deal with it? Exactly. So what's on the horizon for Simone Colors mm-hmm. or just Shante Fisher? Well, I am trying to get Simone Colors to the point where it runs itself. <laughs> <laughs> Understand that. Yes. So I am creating a staff of makeup artists. I already have about six artists that work up underneath me mm-hmm. now. But I would like to expand my team even further than that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the horizon, I would like to see Simone Colors blasted and featured on the East Coast and the West Coast. And I can fall back and just negotiate the contracts and just kind of back out of the game. I don't think I'll ever get out of the makeup business because I enjoy it too much, Mm -hmm. but I am at a point where I'm always about helping the next artist. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love bringing new people in and exposing them to the TV world because most of the artists who work with me and for me Mm -hmm. only know the counter. Mm -hmm. And so I'm bringing them into a new world of TV and film Mm -hmm. and training them so that they can see beyond the makeup counter and doing weddings. Not that there's, again, there's right. nothing wrong with right. weddings, but there's a whole nother world out there. This is Y'all true. Um, what would you say has been your greatest challenge um, as a mom and as a business owner? Wow. Um, greatest challenge as a mom is having to leave your home before your children awake for the day. As a business owner, 
not being responsible with that flow of money once it starts to come in. Uh, you you see the checks coming in and you're spending them just as fast as they, they come, come in. in. <laughs> but then you have to realize um, that, wait, a rainy day could present itself in any moment. Mm-hmm. So for me, my thought process now is what's next? Mm-hmm. What am I planning for next? Always having a plan in place to prepare for what's next. Uh have I set up retirement accounts? If I'm not able to work, do I have disability insurance? Mm. Uh, what does retirement look like for me? When do I want to retire? How much money do I need to put away and save? So I think the biggest challenge for me is when I first got into this industry, as quickly as the money was coming in and I was spending it and I hit a drought and a freeze moment where the work dried up. Mm-hmm. And I was placed in a position as to do I go back to my production world that I'm familiar with and I have a degree in? Or can I make this makeup thing work? Mm. And so I was kind of torn. So I started applying for jobs in production again, although I knew that's really not what I wanted to do. But I felt like my back was against the wall and I needed to provide for my family and my kids. And I had screwed up so much money. So don't get too excited about that money when it comes to have, have, have a plan for that money when it's flowing through so quickly that you're saving most of it, if you possibly can, and not spinning as much. Well, thank you so much for being with us for this first half hour, Shantae. We're going to have you stay with okay. us. And we're going to go straight into this week's Tech Talk. Okay. And then after that, we're going to return and have an island girl join us and talk about her journey that led her to her business, Key Focus Photography. It's that time for our tech talk. Right now we have in studio Angela Dingle. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Angela, for having me. Okay, so what are we talking today? We're talking My Fitness Pal. Okay, now talk to me about My Fitness Pal. How does it work? My Fitness Pal is all things fitness. So it's a way for you to keep a food diary, a way for you to get motivated, to get on an exercise. You can set goals for yourself, all things about taking care of your body. Okay. Now, how do you like what's the process of getting started with the My Fitness app? Um, so again, you can just download the app from from whatever app store that you are using, either on the Android or on the Apple, and you go in and put in some information about yourself, like what your current weight is, your height, if you've got a goal that you're trying to achieve with respect to uh, your weight or um, I originally started using it as a food diary. You know, you can set things like um Uh, challenges for yourself that you want to achieve. You just enter that information into the app when you first get started. And then every day as you eat, you just scan in what it is that you're eating. There are uh, thousands and thousands of entries about food that people have eaten. Mm -hmm. So to help you keep track of your calories, your nutrients, if you're trying to watch your cholesterol or your sodium or trying to make sure that you get enough potassium during the day, you can just look at those things as you're scanning in your food throughout the day and keep track of what's going on. Now, does it also track your exercise? Uh, You can link it to your other mobile apps. So I have mine linked to my Fitbit. So every time that I'm doing exercise in Fitbit, it syncs with my my Fitness Pal and gives me an overall scenario of how much water I've drank, how I'm doing with respect to the things that I've eaten for calorie count, and what my um, what my exercise goals look like for the day. Okay, so with the app, it sounds like it's very nutrition based, like just kind of helping you monitor what you're eating um, and, you know, that you're eating healthy things. Well, you can keep track of bad things that you eat as just well. Just be honest, right? <laughs> you can. I mean, the, the, the concept behind using something like MyFitnessPal is that you've got to take care of all components, right? You've got to take care of your mind, your body and your soul. And MyFitnessPal is just one of those ways that you can take care of your body. 
Now, does it get crunk with you if, if you're eating too much nasty stuff? Uh, it will tell you if you've had too much of what you're not supposed <laughs> to eat. So if you've had too much sodium in, in a day, uh, you'll just get a little reminder that you were supposed to keep your sodium down to a certain number or keep your cholesterol down to a certain number. But it also gives you kudos when you're doing the right thing. So if okay. you're eating something, if you're trying to uh, get the right amount of protein in, it'll say, hey, you know, you got in so-and-so grams of protein for today. Now, we all need that positive uh, reinforcement, so that's great that it does that. Thank you for introducing my fitness pal to us. Can't wait to see what you introduce us to next week. Mm-hmm. To learn more about my fitness pal, visit us online at wbbtalk.com. Welcome back to the Women Behind the Business talk show. I'm your host, Angel Livis. Our next guest is Ms. Radisha Frazier, who has been very involved in the art scene in both the United States and the Bahamas. Disha spent time collaborating with an array of artists in Scottsdale, Arizona, where she contributed to a nationally released poetry album and opened up for hip-hop MC Lupe Fiasco. She found her place as one of the most recognized poets in Arizona, where she taught and mentored young adults and was the head coach of Phoenix's 2011 Brave New Voices Youth Poetry Team. Currently, she resides in her hometown of Nassau, Bahamas, where she pursues her passion for art through her photography company, Key Focus, and spends time with her local poetry community. Welcome to the show, Disha. Thank you for having me here today, Angel. Appreciate it. Thank you for flying all the way from the Bahamas to be here. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the trip (laughs) with all the delays. (laughs) All right. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is your experience um, opening up for Lupe Fiasco. What was that like? Uh, When I was uh, approached with the opportunity to open up for Lupe Fiasco, I was super excited. I was like, I'm going to get a free album tonight. (laughs) That's Uh, all you want. (laughs) And I was able to do it with a few uh, local uh, poets um, in town, and to me that was pretty. Uh, that was a pretty good deal, a big deal actually. Um, and I think I it, it was a good experience. Like it was a very intimate event, and just the fact that they thought of poets opening up for Lupe Fiasco as opposed to you know somebody else doing music or. Uh, something else like that made me think that okay poetry is something that's really kind of catching on to uh, the kind of uh, mainstream yeah I'd say so and that part was very exciting so how did you get involved in poetry how did I get involved in poetry that's a very good question um well I always carried a journal with me that probably got me into more trouble than it should have um and I remember being in college once and there was this open mic at my college and I decided, I made a decision to say, okay, well, I'm going to finally go on the mic and share a little bit of what's in this journal. So uh, although I was a bit shy when it came to uh, public speaking, etc., I back myself in the corner and say, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I just did it. And after that, everything just kind of went from there, really. So, Do you remember what that first poem was that you shared? Yes, I do remember. Um, it was a poem about my hair. Uh, it was... It was very interesting to do it because it growing up... Uh, People always commented on my hair texture, etc. And so I think that it was. It seemed to always be. Uh, people always categorized who I who I was. Like they saw that first. Like oh, you're you seem different, or this 
this is what um, makes you beautiful uh, it was just your hair so for me I wanted to kind of talk about that and, and break through like um, break away from those kind of thoughts or ideas or these things that people thought about me uh, so that was important for me to do that but it was yeah I definitely remember that I definitely remember how I felt and all all the moments involved in that and my heart was racing and but I had something to say so I said it <laughs> do you remember the lyrics you remember everything else uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at me like Angel, I'm kill you. <laughs> um I remember a little bit of it um I will get myself into trouble today to to recite any of it, um, but yeah, no, I won't get myself in trouble today. <laughs> okay, I won't put you all the way on the spot then. All right, so that's how you, well, how did you start writing? Like, what made you start carrying your journal and sharing and jotting down your thoughts? Well, what made me start uh, carrying my journal was, I think, maybe because I grew up in a big family. and What's big? It's nine of us, uh, so to me that was big. I have eight uh, brothers and sisters, and so everybody had something to say or, you know, we just growing up like that. Uh, the house was always loud, um, and there was just a lot going on. So for me, like, having that journal was my kind of quiet time, and my my voice was uh, in with that journal was a bit louder than everything else around. So I always kind of escaped to you know being in my room whenever I have a little bit of time from everybody, um, and just found myself writing, found myself uh, listening to my thoughts and what it is that was in me. And so I think from there. Um, I just kept writing and just had a lot of different journals or whatever it was that I could uh, find to write on um, that wouldn't get me in trouble. I would I would write on it most definitely. So yeah. So what would you say to um, the young girls who aspire to be writers, but sometimes they don't think that what they're saying is enough or um, is the right thing? What would you say to that young girl? I'd say to that girl that there's no wrong thing when it comes to your voice. Um, I think that it's important to write to discover a bit of yourself because uh, sometimes you write and or sometimes I write and I'm not entirely sure what's going to come out as yet. And um, I I think it's very important to just start to um, find a safe space for yourself and not worry about what other people are saying about it you know just find that truth that's within you and be bold enough and dare yourself to say let me face this truth and let me write about it and uh, see what happens after that i love it i think that's beautiful what do you think Uh, yes (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about your journey from um poetry into photography how did that happen or was it a simultaneous well, the journey from poetry to photography, actually, uh, I started with photography first. Mm-hmm. So I studied art in college and photography was um, my main focus. And so poetry came after that. Uh, so I always had my camera with me um, and somehow I was able to kind of uh, mix the two at some point um, because both were art to me. Uh, both were 
me figuring out ways to express certain things about myself. So um, I was able to still do photography and discover this uh, this love for poetry. Yeah. Which would you say is your first love? Which was my first? I'd have to definitely say photography was my first love. Really? Yes. Um, I found a camera way faster and more intriguing than I did a pen and pencil because I just associated that with schoolwork. <laughs> and so, but the camera was always fascinating to me. And um, I, I was able to uh, be exposed to it at an early age. And I remember being extremely young uh, and seeing the Polaroid camera on the floor ready to be uh, swept into the garbage and I picked it up and um, I was just so fascinated by it and I think by eight or nine years old I saved up to get my first camera and uh, I remember just doing research about it and just loving it so much um, that you know I was able to say okay well um, I didn't ask my parents to get it for me. I was like, I'm going to get this for myself. I have to make sure that I get it. So I'm not going to rely on anybody to do it. But, and I just loved it. Like, and even studying it in school, I wasn't, I was, I kind of surprised myself because I didn't think I would do art uh, going into college uh, because art wasn't necessarily a subject that was kind of highlighted throughout uh, uh high school as much so I think I surprised myself and everybody else actually <laughs> um, and when I when I studied in college I started out as graphics because I was like okay well I have to find something that makes sense to me in terms of if I were to go and find a job etc this is something that I see that okay well I'm able to make a living by this but it worked out where I was able to just focus on photography. And my mom, she was always supportive about it. Whatever we wanted to do, she supported us. And I just remember being in the dark room, like three o'clock in the morning, and then that just being, feeling like a sanctuary to me. Like, it was my favorite place. And um, it was just very quiet. And it was just really awesome just to see what happened uh, during the whole process. So I definitely say photography. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you uh, think about your journey from um, your f figuring out what your passion was, um, pursuing it and being educated in that area, and then later working for companies before starting your company, um, what would you say was the hardest part of your journey? I think the journey from figuring out my passion to where I am now, like, there were hills and mountains throughout the entire journey. Um, it started off with just being okay f with the idea that I'm going to pursue art um, because I sometimes I would tell certain family members, uh, say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And you could kind of see on their face, like, you know, well, we were hoping that you'd do something else. Uh, because there was a certain standard, I guess, held, um, and especially within my family too. Um, but you know, academics was re very important, and so from from starting with that, like me making a decision, say I'm I'm going to uh, do something that may not um, 
be accepted right away uh, in my family. That that was definitely um, the the first kind of hurdle for me. And then... And wait, Chante, I see you shaking your head. Did yes. you have a similar situation when you went to tell your family? Um, well, I can't say that I went to tell my family that I was going to quit my full-time job and fully pursue makeup. Um, I think when you're passionate about something, you just know that you're going to be great at it. And mm-hmm. so you have to really follow that passion. But I think if anyone heard my story, I was a wife. I had a infant who wasn't even six months old, and I had a three-year-old. And in most people's mind, it's, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But again, to have that one opportunity, not that I didn't enjoy my full-time job in production, mm-hmm. but to have that one experience and how rewarding it was and peaceful for me, I knew that there was more to that mm-hmm. and that I needed to lean more in that direction. Um, so I've never been prone to uh, what other people thought or felt, although they, they, you know, they made their sly comments and remarks, but for me, it was about what was going to be the most rewarding thing and what was going to make me happy. So I can relate to that. It's like you went to school, you said you wanted to be on-air talent, and now you're going into makeup like, I, I don't understand the two. But it's, it's really not for others to understand that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's your journey. Yeah. I think it's very important to, like, like I said, um, my immediate family were very supportive uh, through the whole time. So just having that environment where somebody, just even just one person says, it's okay to do this and um, I'm going to support you through the process and I'm going to be your cheerleader through the process and I'm going to believe in you, uh, that makes it a bit easier um, when making that decision that's kind of out of uh, what's normal for us. Yeah. Now, how did your husband respond? He was very supportive. I mean, if anyone was supportive, it was... Him. Um, I mean, of course, I couldn't just up and quit my full time job without having a conversation with him at the time. Um, and when he said go for it, that's all I needed to hear. So it didn't matter what my mom or my sister or my dad or anyone else thought or said. As long as I had his support, I think it made that transition so much easier. So where you had support from your family, like if this is what you want to do, I think most people couldn't understand what I was doing because I had two young children. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they more so looked at it as if I was making the mistake of my life by Mm -hmm. making this transition, but I just knew that there was so much more to the path in which I was pursuing. Mm -hmm. So, um, before you started um, Key Focus, um, what were you doing? Well, before I started Key Focus Photography, I was was still doing photography. I was working for a company um, that specialize in photography and videography. So I had moved home from living in Arizona for a bit. And about a month or two after moving home, I started working full time for the photography and videography company. And I was with them for about three years uh, before I decided to go on my own and start uh, Key Focus Photography. Now, what made you decide that you wanted to go out on your own? I always had the desire to do something for myself. I grew up in a family where my mom and my dad, they both owned their own businesses. And so that is what I was brought up in. That is what I knew. And so even going into um, working for another company, 
I always had that as my end goal. And having the work ethics that I have and the commitment that I have, I had to kind of pull myself away, pry myself uh, from where I was uh, with the company because I wanted to give all of what I could give. And um, I wanted to do my best there and I wanted to help as much as I could. Um, but I think there came a point where I realized I, I can't give my best anymore. Um, I'm not in the position to give my best anymore. Um, and when I realized that I, it was unfair for me to continue um, doing what I was doing there, knowing that I would not have been able to give my 100%. And so that really uh, was the conviction I needed to say, okay, Disha, you have to either take a break from this now, because even with uh, creativity, um, a part of it just, when you do it so often and you do it as a job as well, um, you lose a bit of that creativity sometimes. You have to take a step back and just say, okay, let me look at this and see different ways I can do this again. And when it became a bit of a routine and um, it was like, I, I wasn't, my voice wasn't in my work anymore. And I, I was just doing it as a job as opposed to let me create something. Um, that, that was when I said, okay, Disha, um, take a break from this right now. And that's the only way to be fair to yourself and to the people you're doing work for. And so I decided to take a break from the company. But shortly after, I ended up uh, starting and doing my own thing with uh, Key Focus Photography as well. So. All right, so now it's time in the show where we um, talk about our moments from the valley. So this is when we share a valley moment that you didn't think you would overcome or how you actually overcame the situation. So Shantae, we're gonna start with you since you are our first guest. Okay, um, moment of the valley. I think going into uh, makeup artistry, um, I think my biggest goal, and I, I felt platform was to get to the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, she was, her show was number one. Uh, everyone watched it. They would rush home to tune into the show. And I said, if I can just make it to Oprah and be a makeup artist there, then I would have reached uh, my highest achievement level. And within two years, um, I got a call. I emailed uh, one of her um, talent producers who were there. And I constantly emailed this woman for months and didn't hear anything back from her. And a part of me wanted to quit and stop emailing and reaching out, but said, you know, I have this contact person's name, you know, I have a reference name, it's gonna happen. And I remember getting that call, I was sitting in my basement, I remember getting that call in disbelief, and I was like, this is who again? Mm -hmm. And I, I almost had to put the phone down just to kind of gather myself because I was in disbelief that this was happening. And um, flew out to Chicago, um, had my kit prepared, and this was for um, the premiere show for this season. Uh, and got there, got settled into my hotel room, and then I received that call that, uh, we're sorry, but we have to cancel your booking. 
So I've invested all of this time to get to this point and then this assignment that I had been hired for was just taken away from me. And because of her platform and you know, once you work with Oprah, then, you know, that's everything just kind of falls in your lap after that. And to have that opportunity taken away from me, one of two things came to mind. Um, well, how did I get this far? And then this opportunity was pulled away from me. Was I not good enough? What was I missing? What did I miss? Or, you know, what was it that um, they decided not to utilize me? And the second thought for me was, you're thinking too small, you're dreaming too small. Mm -hmm. That there is so, if you can do this within two years of your career of starting your business, then you're you're on the wrong path. Like you need to think beyond mm -hmm. Oprah. Yes, she's a great platform, but there is so much more that you could do beyond that height. But I felt like at that time, it really made me question if I needed to continue a career as a makeup artist. Um, and so I, that that's one experience I could share where that's a moment where I question if I made a mistake in my decision to truly pursue makeup artistry um, as a full-time gig and career for me. So how do you feel today? I feel great today. Um, I've had so many other opportunities outside of that. Um, I don't know that I shared this with you. Um, this would be news for you, but um, to work with Ava DuVernay, on her documentary series 13 and to be called to be a makeup artist for that um, I was in awe once again mm -hmm. and that was a great experience a great opportunity and I feel like the opportunities continue to flow in um, I think the biggest thing is to never give up on you mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna face some um, some rough patches but it's how you bounce back it's, it's about how you recover from those rough patches and what you do with it um, I feel like there are no mistakes in life I have no regrets in life and everything is a learning experience for me so if one way does or path doesn't work then let me rethink this mm -hmm. um, because I'm on assignment and um, I have to complete that assignment that I'm on, which is touching the lives of people. And, and makeup, again, it's one of those delicate situations because it's so intimate. You'll be surprised at how much people share with you when they're in your chair. Emotional things. You'll have people cry, break down, all the above in front of you. And you have to encourage and motivate that person. And that's really what I stand for, lifting spirits one face at a time. So I truly live up to um, my slogan for my company, lifting spirits one face at a time, because if I'm able to empower someone else by encouraging them and making them feel better in that, those brief moments that I have with them, then I feel like my duties have been done. I love it. Miss Disha. So my in the valley moment, uh, I think it would have happened during the transition uh, between working for somebody else and making the decision to work for myself. I think that um, I remember just going to work and pulling up and being the first one at the, at the office and sitting in my car and a lot of emotions, uh, experiencing a lot of emotions and I think that the the vision that I had for myself uh, allowed me to push through a lot of days. And I think that I, I fought a bit um, 
in making that transition. And what I mean is that I think I stayed there. I tried to stay a little longer than I think my, I was supposed to. I, I think that my season there was coming to an end and I, I wasn't ready for it to come to an end yet. But in staying there much longer than I was supposed to, um, I felt that I made things harder for myself. And so I had to make that decision knowing that my family, uh, I have siblings who are still in school and still trying to help my family as well and not knowing uh, what's going to happen if I left my job. And I think that battle for me um, was pretty difficult because I knew that I wasn't supposed to be there anymore. I And also just thinking about uh, my family after that, like what's going to happen in terms of how am I supporting myself and how I'm going to support my family. Um, but I think there was a moment where I just experienced a world of peace and said, uh, it's okay to make this transition right now. And um, although it was hard and it was very emotional for me, um, it was something that was needed. And I didn't know what was going to happen after I left. I, I had no idea. I just knew that I was not supposed to be there anymore, that I need to start on something for myself. And um, that transition was uh, extremely difficult, um, but I'm just extremely grateful that not long after I made it, I was able to start something for myself and do much more uh, when I made that transition for my family and for myself when I uh, made that decision. And so I think that when I was able to say, okay, um, let me now go into this other season in my life um, and let go of what it was that I was um, dealing with. Uh, that there was, I experienced a little bit of valley moments in that, I'd say. Before we wrap up today's episode, we want to leave you with a WBB health tip. This week on WBB Health Tips, we have Dr. Tia Hill in studio with us. As always, we cannot wait to hear the wealth of information that she is going to share with us as it relates to our health, wealth, and mental awareness. Um, Dr. Hill. Yes. When it comes to building your business and maintaining a level of um, personal life, balance, what are some different things that you recommend? Knowing that who you are is from your family and your loved ones and that they may not want to hear about your business. So that is a great opportunity to not talk about your business. Um, especially for those that are not married to their husband. I mean, married to their husband, they're not in business together. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're not in business together. They have the opportunity to just enjoy some things mm -hmm. and just have that time to like really just let it flow and go. Um, I would also, I also recommend 
like just enjoying, like laughing or putting the windows down and getting that air and letting that vitamin D hit your face and just allowing yourself to just relax. I think that's something that we don't talk about with our families and we don't do. We forget everything is so like on the go, so busy. We got to be on this schedule and this has to go like that, that we forget to stop and smell the roses. Now, I know that a lot of business women that I've had a conversation with that are married, Mm -hmm. some of them, if their husbands are not heavily involved with their business, they feel kind of uh, slighted Mm -hmm. if he does not show interest in what it is that she's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you help her cope? Men are tangible creatures. So what often happens is that men hear an idea because we are women and we come up with ideas all the time. They're like, okay, it's another idea. Whatever. (laughs) How much is it going to cost me? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And she's like, it's amazing, but it's going to work. But I think what happens is men have to see us go through that process and to see our level of consistency. And once a man sees, oh, she's serious about this and she's doing her thing and we get that good tangible reward i.e. a contract, a check, something that they can see, they start to notice the difference. Um, It doesn't mean your husband doesn't love you. It doesn't mean your husband doesn't support you. It just means that your husband could be very well concerned and worried about the responsibilities of the household and making sure that everything can be maintained while you pursue your dreams. So it's not a bad thing. It's just that men look at stuff from logical places often, and we look at stuff from like dreams and aspirations. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing this little nugget to help our women (laughs) who are dealing with uh, this balance and trying to cope. What my daddy doing? My daddy in studio, (laughs) y'all. But you know, and you know, you still spend time with your husband. You know, we talk about that all the time. Okay, so thank you for joining us today on (laughs) this segment of The Woman Behind the Business Health Tips. Uh, To learn more information and just for, you know, greater insight, uh, visit us online at WBBTalk.com. So that's the end of our show for today. Please be sure to check out our past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com, and be sure to follow us on social media at wbbtalk. A special thank you to our producer today, Max Myrick, and also our program director, who is also Max Myrick. Until next time, be blessed.